Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies, a podcast where two very tired parents talk as fast as they can about a reality television show. Justice, the god, the divine muse of comedy is in the studio tonight, folks. (laughs) I'm feeling so fucking hilarious right now. Don't. Is he up? Please, no. If you look at that, every time you look at that baby monitor, I'm going to look at you like, no, please. I think we're okay. Um, this is this is. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us, and thank you to everybody who gave in the Max Fun Drive. This is our first episode after the Max Fun Drive, and like, I'd, I'd want it to be like a celebration, but holy fucking shit, y'all! Here's Just, here's what happens. Here's so, what happens. So our baby got a very serious cold that scared us a lot, and he stopped sleeping, and then he started to sleep again. And then I got, and then I got the cold. Griffin got a sinus infection, and then uh, I turned thirty-five, and then our. I like that that was part of the blight that has been visited, <laughs> that has been lowered upon our house. And then our son got his four-month vaccinations because we do vaccinate. And, and I, fought, I fought her. I was like, "Listen, Jill Stein's got a lot of ideas." <laughs> and our son kind of. Uh, reacting against the shots decided he was going to stop sleeping entirely and uh, and just cry and all just the time cry a lot um he naps all right but just like we just spent two hours trying to get him down while he like screams so hard he makes himself sick it's fucking fucking miserable oh and, and please man. please before you tweet please don't at send us. us anything please i'm begging you don't send us shit about like the the secret of we, it. We are on it. We are doing the research. We we're gotcha. gonna we're gonna get something done here. We're gonna get something done, and we appreciate the help. But there's 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 nothing I want less right now <laughs> than to 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 put this up and get fucking a billion. And don't think you've got the one <laughs> the one hot tip. Seriously, thank you. But every baby's different, and our baby's beautiful and different. So yeah, thank you though. Let's talk about the Bachelorette. Oh, I want to. It's very consequential. We're still talking about the first season of Bachelorette with Trista. We have five episodes to get Four. through. Four. Four episodes. Oh, because no men tell all. Because there's no men tell. Well, there was a men tell all, but we, but we didn't watch not it. To watch it. Okay, um, so episode three. We're going to move much faster. I think. Yes. Maybe this will be a tight forty-five, as we say in the podcast industry. Um, episode three. Um, we get some guests at the house. We get three of Trista's friends. Trista's the bachelorette. Do we want to do any kind of recap? She had 25 women, 25 dudes in the house. She kicked out 10 in the first episode, and then I think eight. So we're down to a, a tight seven right now. Yeah. Um, and joining them are three of Trista's friends. There's Missy, who she's known since 1995. Sarah, who she's known since junior high. They probably have lives and... <laughs> <laughs> descriptions but we don't know about them we don't know anything about them you know who we do know about her very good friend shannon shannon if you listen to our episode uh was it just one it must have been just one I on we did in one the very first episode of the bachelor shannon was the contestant that we were pretty sure hated the bachelor and that bachelor also didn't like her very much but loved she, her dog loved her dog and she loved her dog yes yes very um, very much 
Um, and th- she was the one who, like, they would just, like, fucking fight basically every time they hung out. She was really uncomfortable with a lot of the gameplay aspects. and Which was really interesting, because this was, again, the first season. Yeah. So, like, a lot of the things we dismiss now um, that were so novel back in the day. Like, she was like, you're gonna fuck two other women? No, I don't, I yeah. don't believe I'm going to be okay with that. Yeah. Um, because at that point it hadn't been like codified. So Shannon, she is here apparently very good friends with Trista. I guess so. Cause they made it to the final three together. Yeah. Um, and they work on a questionnaire that they are going to give to the dudes. Um, so the, the four women get together, Trista and her three friends, and they try to put together some like saucy questions, but the saucy, they like put in something saucy and it's like, what's your shoe size or something like that? Yeah. Like, get it? But these days I feel like it's just like, what's that dick do? What's that dirty ding dong do? <laughs> well, get the- that dirty ding dong out right now and show it to me, the bachelorette's friend. Yeah, I don't think they do this this uh, component as much, where they bring a pal in to they ask questions. They do sometimes, and it's usually a fucking disaster. But, um, no, the, I mean, the new jam, instead of questionnaire from the friends, is the fucking lie detector test. Um, so the men meet the three friends, and they tell them that whoever uh, answers their questions best gets a date from each of them. So they're uh, handing out three single dates, one for each of the... Each of the, the friends is handing out a single date. Um, these are some of the questions. When it comes to sex, would you consider yourself a giver, a taker, a pleaser, or teaser? <laughs> or a toker, or a smoker, or a midnight joker? <laughs> pleaser or a teaser? What's a teaser? I'm a teaser. What's that mean? I just start to make love, but then I'm like, <laughs> nope. Maybe there's like little little tickles involved. Oh. Little, that little can be feathers. very fun in the bedroom. Feathers and tickles. Feathers and tickles in the bedroom, you say. Around the soft flesh. Oh. What? You know I li- how I like to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sick. Soft. Soft. soft French, wet tongue. French kisses. That's how I'd like to kiss her. <laughs> um, and then, of course, what's your shoe size? And then somebody's like, I know where this is going. And he flops out of the dick right there. B- no. Bazinga, he says. And he invented bazinga right there. And then he pulls a flip-flop off of his penis and says, here's my shoe size. Yeah. It's, it's 10. That's, he had to flip-flop right on there? On his penis, yeah. How did he keep it on? Because, like, a, it's a bifur is it a bifurcated situation? You know how flip-flops have sort of the... No, it's like one of those slides, like, soccer players wear. That's fun. <laughs> um, Missy picks out what her friend for, since 1995 uh, picks out Ryan for Trista. It's a pretty good pretty good pick Um, i don't actually think that's for the date i think she just says like i like ryan for tristan yeah i was gonna say i don't think he gets the first date um while shannon says charlie because he's very sexy um but russ is the one who gets the first date i guess from sarah uh and they go on the goodyear blimp they just go on a goodyear blimp and they go up on the blimp and they sit together on the blimp and they have a nice time on the blimp and they kiss (laughs) and uh one of them says I've never kissed on a blimp before, which most of us have, like, most people have not. This is like people who, like, say, I've never ridden in a helicopter before. It's like, well, yeah, of course you haven't. But a blimp, even more so. Yeah. Um, Or kissed on a blimp. That's even, you're even lowering the field. There's lots of people who fly on blimps, but they don't kiss, you know? 
Uh, there's LEDs on the side of the blimp that say Russ and Trista. Uh, and that's all the notes I took, but not because I'm a bad note taker, but it's because this date lasted 45 seconds. Uh, and this is when we see like more of the friction between Trista and Russ because she's yeah. just not feeling the pressure that he is putting down. No, um, no, he like, he seems to think that she's like kind of distant and cagey yeah. and she is not receptive to that criticism. Uh, and if you'll remember, Russ is the one who had the Vegas date where he seemed like a gross dude. Yeah. And, uh, they got kind of drunk and like kissed and stuff. And then the rest of the season's just them trying to see if they can recapture that. Exactly. That Vegas spark. Um, and they talk about him being too forceful and he, you know, wiggles his way out of it. I took a note here that they eat the hell out of the food they have on this day. Yes, I was excited to see this. So, like slamming it, like feverishly. When we do fantasy points now, one of the uh, categories we at least created is has dinner but never eats because that has become such a consistent thing on the show. Yeah. And so it was so refreshing to see two people eat a meal. No, they eat the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, we go back to the house, and the friends and the dudes are hanging out. And Jamie, the basketball man who gave up his German b-ball dreams, um, says that he had three dreams. Playing pro ball, check, maybe, probably not, gave that up to be in the house. Number two was write a book, which he's doing. So yeah. Oh, and he. Oh, and he's ironing a shirt while he's he's telling all this information too. By the way. And number three is helping inner city kids. He explains while he's ironing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. All right. <laughs> helping inner city kids. That's my dream is to write a book. I'm doing that. Play pro ball. Gave that one up. But help inner city kids. He's like telling his her, his potential uh, future fiance's three like best friends like. Not I'd love to do like this is not a knock against people who want to help inner city kids. It was just the most like the it was the most. Well, and it it is a knock against people who who unspecifically want to help inner city kids. Help them do what? (laughs) It's like where are these kids? You know they're in the inner city. Where are these kids? But what are you doing with them? And why are you the right person to do it? Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe he'd um, he'd teach them how to iron. Yeah, the God, can he come to me and teach me how to iron? <laughs> yeah, I'm so bad. And Griffin, at it. too. Um, okay, so actually, Missy is the one who picked out Russ. Uh, Sarah picks Charlie for the second date when they go to Wild Rivers Water Park, which. Oh, why isn't there dope. a water park date in every single season? There were some good. Fu- there were some bad dates. The La Quinta no, pool party was rough. The whole park shut down. They had the whole water park shut down for them to like go play in. Um, and. They they go and they have a good time. And then the date takes a really fucking, frankly, inscrutable turn where they go to a salon and Charlie watches her get her hair done for a very long time. Yes. And he's just like chilling and like watching and, her. like pick out clothes. And then she picks out like a really nice dress and puts it on. And then he goes and puts on like a fucking talking heads giant suit. <laughs> and all of the suits so big. What's did when did who when did we figure that out? I know a lot of folks haven't, but it's just like you don't want your suit to look like your dad's suit all the time. You used to though. You used to, I guess. Yeah, it used to be the style. You know, the thing that infuriated me about this is um she gets a very elaborate hairstyle that probably took a long time and he's just sitting there and and it just I guess it seems like a glamorous date. But 
He's just sitting there. He's just sitting there. It's not even like he went to a salon to get his shit done up. Because we can get our shit done up. Yeah. We can get our shit done up. Could have got like a hot lather. Yeah, get a nice hot ladder, like a get a towel. nose a nose wax. Mm. Uh, that's not a joke. I've gotten that done before, mm. and I found it very pleasurable. Well. Not in like a fetishist <laughs> way, but um, anyway, they go out to dinner. He says, I have a surprise for you. His surprise was a kiss. <laughs> I have that written down twice. His surprise was a kiss, and then in all caps, his surprise was a kiss. That's not good. Hey, yeah. babe, I got a surprise for you. What is it? Uh, Ryan Ryan's surprises are very intricately written poems mm-hmm. that he crafts every every time they meet. And his surprise is a little smooch. He says this date is a great opportunity to get inside Trista. Bad phrasing. I know. <laughs> uh, and that uh, he doesn't want her to be intimate with anyone else in the house or else he'll want to walk away. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Cool thing to just think and say on this show again it's the first season so i guess the expectations aren't really there yet um and so they come home from this date after that like pretty rough and she she like writes that last note off like okay but i'm gonna do me uh so calm down um they come home and charlie like is talking to the other dudes and his whole thing about the date is like drove this super fancy car dude you wouldn't believe it it was a it was a Hyundai good car, fucking 1971. <laughs> fancy car. They went to a very fancy French restaurant. And we drank this bot. They handed us the wine list, and they're like, whatever you want. So I picked out this $900 uh, uh, 16-year-aged Malbec. Like, you know what's weird about this date? I mean, there's a lot of weird things. But they started at a water park. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to take you on a tour of luxury. But first, let's get... Staph infection. Step one. Um, Trista talks about it, though, and says it was one of the most special dates of her life. Yeah, it seemed like a nice day. Yeah, like, I mean, if I could have it. a fucking Schlitterbahn shut down for me, and then we go and, like, have an all-expenses-paid, yeah. like, fancy fancy meal while I put on um, a suit that uh, a big, big clown wore, <laughs> uh, I'd have a great time, too. Ryan gets the third date. Next note. Ryan needs to put his bucket hat in the trash. Oh, the bucket hat. I saw somebody post a picture of this in Rose Buddies. It is... Um, it's brutal. It's fucking savage. It's like uh, a... Somebody commented on that post, too, and had a picture of Justin Timberlake wearing this bucket hat. Y'all, we all did some shit. Like, <laughs> we all did some shit that we I have to live with. I had a bucket hat. I don't... F- think i had a bucket hat although lately people have like sort of delighted in posting pictures of me (laughs) as a child and talking about how they are cursed so maybe i shouldn't like put that information out there that that fucking carmen san diego hunt for a picture of me wearing a bucket hat please don't say pictures of me as a five-year-old 10-year-old 15-year-old boy are cursed i was just doing my best out there (laughs) he's very cute no i wasn't in a lot of them but that's fine i still have feelings (laughs) this ugly kid cursed image come on (laughs) um they go to sea world and there's a lot of things now that um are maybe like seeing them swim with a killer whale is like they don't let you do that anymore right because of because of blackfish yeah, I don't know. I don't think they let you do that anymore. And so there's a lot of just like, <laughs> Shamu, he's so happy here. Yeah. M- maybe not. We learned, we were our, we were sort of illuminated on some things. Kiss it. Make it clap. Make it spin around. Don't, don't do all that. <laughs> um, uh, Ryan 
uh, Tris is like really excited to swim with the dolphins, and one of the trainers is like, "Do you want to get in with the dolphins?" And he says, "I want to hug and smooch on the dolphins too," which is a sentence and a half. Um, and they have dinner that two killer whales swim up on, and he pulls out some poetry, and it's not great. The the whales were planned. It wasn't. No, it wasn't an invasion. Yeah. Uh, Ryan gets home and doesn't really talk about his date much. And we start to like, this is like a nice juxtaposition between Charlie's coming home from the date and that like Ryan is just like, hey, it's it's between me and her. He's a very soft, very soft boy, very sensitive Mm -hmm. boy. Not in like, and I don't even think in a performative way so much. And I know that sounds weird to say since he writes and performs a lot of poetry for her. Yeah. But like, um, he's not different with the boys than when he's with her yeah you know what i mean and that's a rare that's a rare trait for the soft boy on bachelor or bachelor no that's a really good point yeah it's not like a it's not like a character that he plays up when he's around trista like that's him i think we really get that driven home at um uh not hometowns but when he goes to meet her family yeah uh he's a very very soft-spoken young man mm-hmm. um and charlie is like charlie is talking a little bit of shit about ryan says he's kind of a wallflower and says that if she loves a guy like ryan he doesn't want to fall in love with her Ooh. which is like i thought it was going to go the other way like if she loves a guy like ryan how could she love a guy like me but it was no nope. if she loves ryan fuck all this yeah that is that is a masculine trait there uh the rest of the boys go on a beach date they go go-karting, and then they have night drinks on the beach, and nothing much really happens, except for Jamie, basketball boy, uh, asks for a kiss. Oh, And this she kiss. says, I'll give you the cheek. And he says, oops. No, he doesn't say oops. <laughs> he kisses her on the cheek. But he, we say oops. He apologizes a lot later for that. For In his video message, he's like, that was an oopsie-daisy. Like, I shouldn't have asked you for that. I shouldn't have been so forward. Um, and then it's a pretty boring cocktail party, but Trista is working some like pants and a nice blouse. Yes, that, wearing pants. Which like, y'all, this is we're only pointing this out because I've literally never seen it happen before. And she was it was great. Yeah, go for it. It's just I've literally never seen it before. I on this would show. love if New Bachelor at Rachel Lindsay wore some pants. I love to see pants. Yeah. I love to see pants on a TV show. Um, then we get video messages, Jamie apologizing for trying to kiss her. Um, (laughs) and then that's the only video message of note, I guess, because I'm moving on to the rose ceremony. People who got roses, Charlie. Oh, we're done. The final four. This is hometowns. Yeah. Charlie gets a rose. Russ gets a rose. Ryan gets a rose. And Greg yeah, Greg w- with so, one G. Greg with one G. This is back when you didn't get roses on one-on-one dates, but it seemed like if you got a one-on-one date, you almost automatically got a rose. So I think they just started giving them out on the date instead of waiting to the ceremony. I guess that makes sense because so yeah. the three guys that got one-on-one dates got roses, and then Greg. Greg, uh, <laughs> she does go to Bob. Bob Guinea. Oh, uh, Bob sort of gets the, the home. yeah, sort of the the comic relief, but also future bachelor Bob yeah. Guinea, and says, "If I had five to give, you would have been my fifth. I thought that was really yeah, sweet that's nice. and that's like a nice move. Yeah, it doesn't she's really like I'm not going to say this to the other guys. Yeah, and she doesn't. And she, she doesn't. Yeah. Um, moving on, episode four. Nice pace, baby monitor. Still in the black. We're good. <laughs> Uh, it's hometowns and Chris Harrison shows up wearing a very casual look. 
Um, and he's like talking to the dudes before they disperse and like says like, you guys aren't going to see each other again until the next rose ceremony and points out the next rose ceremony is Trista's 30th birthday and says, don't be stupid. Show up with something. Yeah. That kind of grossed me out a little bit. Like it's one thing if he was like, it's her 30th birthday. So it would be nice if you showed up with something. Well, not even say anything else. Just say it's her 30th birthday. And then see who. And see who of their own accord decides to give her something instead of being like, hey, bros, you know how babes yeah. get when you forget their special day. And you, and you forget. The, yeah. So go to Jared, get something. Well, not Jared. Who's the fucking. Oh, Neil Lane. No, it's not Neil Lane yet. Oh, uh, oh Winston. Harry Winston. Harry Winston. The diamonds just aren't as clear at Harry Winston. Whoa. They're just not as, I don't know. Our sponsor. They're much more tasteful, actually. Our sponsor, Harry Winston, going to be Oh, shit. Let me look. Oh, it is Harry Winston. Oh, fuck. No, I did. I have lots to say about the rings this season from Harry Winston. I shouldn't talk shit. They're good rings. (laughs) Ryan is from Vail, Colorado, which I only know about because I went to Breckenridge, Colorado a couple, couple years back. And if it's like Breckenridge, man, it's pretty. It is pretty. We get to see it. It looks nice. Does. Love those Colorado mountains. We've got to get up there sometime. Ryan is a firefighter, as you'll recall. You think he dubs dubs down these days? Just chiefs nonstop? Oh, probs. Probs, right? Like, hits it. Like, mm-hmm. the goods. He probably has, like, he probably did it before it was, like, legal. I mean, legal, he's, legal. Griffin, he's an artist. He needs it for he his craft. He needs it. So, the, he puts the kids to bed. Goes out on the porch, chiefs, chiefs some. What do you think? He, how do you think he does it? You think he has like a big bong? <laughs> or like a little glass pipe that he has a name? What do you think he calls his little glass pipe? Like Shamu in honor of the oh, date? Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Anyway. God, I miss weed. Ryan's hometown. <laughs> Ryan uh, is a firefighter. And so Tristan meets all of his firefighter co-workers. She slides down the pole. She does slide down the fire Natch. pole. Ryan says, like, that's a big test for him. It would be a big test for anybody, because I'm afraid that I would do it wrong. And then all of a sudden, you're not playing like a fun game. You've just fallen a story. <laughs> that's what nobody really talks about it. Two, maybe, even, if it's like a... It's probably two stories, right? Because it's like a big, like where the truck is, is like a big tall space. Oh. And so if you fall down, if you go down the, the, the pole wrong, you've just fallen 20 feet. I'd say I'd be more worried about like chafing on the skin. I'm worried about falling two stories to my like Griffin be wearing his cargo shorts and like you just hear the squeak all the way down. Yeah, that's no good. Um, the captain is very like, I don't know if the captain of the firehouse is like, goofing or not but he talks about how he doesn't want ryan to leave the fire station because he's like a valuable member of the team so he's like part of me is kind of rooting against this whole process um and then they uh leave and they go sit on this like huge deck on the side of a mountain and just watch the sunset yeah and they do a kiss right there and it was so nice yeah he says like my friends will kill me if i don't kiss you right now and he's like in fact i'd probably kill myself and then they smooch. Um, and Trista and... Uh, so Trista goes to meet the family. Trista and Ryan's mom are wearing the exact same outfit. Oh my gosh. So there's a funny scene in the limo where Trista talks about how originally she was going to wear something different, but she thought it was inappropriate. And so she switched into this like black sweater, khaki pant outfit. And, uh, and then when she walks to the door, 
uh, Ryan kind of tells her, oh, by the way, that's actually something my mom would probably wear. And then turns out she's wearing it. (laughs) Uh, Which actually reminds me, this is something that really endeared Griffin to my mother. um, Because Griffin wears a lot of button-down plaid shirts, which is not unusual for men of the time. But my mom seems to think it is a characteristic that only my dad possesses. And so when she saw Griffin wearing them, she was like, oh, he dresses just like your dad. And then that pretty much won her over right away. I mean, your dad's fucking hip. <laughs> That's it. My dad wore a plaid button-down shirt on his wedding day. No tie. It's a good look. I've seen those pictures. <laughs> yeah. Your dad's a fashionable dude. I actually feel like maybe I saw some of his pictures of, of him back in the day. I was like, "That's the look now." Mm-hmm. So I tried to grow that delicious mustache, and you said no. No, please. Never you again. shouted at me so hard, the mustache fell off. Please, of never me. again. it's not bad it is bad there are pictures of me out there with a mustache and it's not good um okay so ryan uh is talking to his family and he says that he didn't anticipate developing feelings but that he did um one thing is like and i i touched on this i think in the last episode but like the production values on these hometown dates are like so bad like it just looked like it was like one camera and a big flashlight like lighting they only set up like one room and so if they go anywhere outside of that room the lighting is terrible but it feels really real and like one thing is like they're eating like food out of like tin foil that like you can tell that like this family actually cooked in this house yeah um is like a real meal that they would eat in their real house yeah um and so and and that's just like in contrast of like these days it just seems like everything's shot on some sort of soundstage somewhere um ryan is kind of anxious because uh two of the four finalists are from california um and he lives in colorado and like really likes it there and trista is living in la now yeah um, I also wrote the lighting is so bad on this show. Uh, the parents were into this this union, though, and Ryan and her do some more kissing on their way out. Next date, Greg. Let's learn about Greg. Greg. Because we don't know anything about Greg. I cannot remember a thing about Greg. You will. Uh, he lives in New York City, and oh, so they're going to New York I City. Do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he owns a motorcycle, which, like, I don't know anybody who has ever... I don't know anybody who's owned a car, maybe, actually, now that I think about it in New York City, but let alone a motorcycle. But he owns one, and they go on a ride. Yeah, she's standing on the side of the street waiting to be picked up and does not think that he is going to show up on a hog, but he does. He does. And he has a helmet for her, too. Don't worry. And he has this big, smiley face keychain that, like, I couldn't not write a note about. Uh, And he says, I want to take you to my favorite place in the city, which is Central Park. Like, okay. (laughs) Uh, And then he pours hot cocoa in wine glasses. Which, how did they hold that and drink it? It seems tricky. It was, I, it was the stemware. It was a really weird sort of bunch of scenes. By the way, no knock against Central Park. Central Park rules. It's just like, he just acted like, here's my secret (laughs) spot. Central Park? Not a lot of people know about this park I go to. Uh, they go to an Italian restaurant with his mom, his mom's boyfriend and sister. Uh, his dad passed away 10 years ago and Trista looks at some photos of him and they sort of talk about him, um, and, and sort of reminisce. Um, and it seems like the family is into him. The sister was very protective, but was won over by, won over by Trista. Yeah. The mom's, um, boyfriend. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. The mom's boyfriend talks about kind of the importance of, of finding somebody that, you know, makes you happy. And it seems like you two have that. Um, meanwhile, Griffin and I are watching 
still going, Greg? 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 Um, this is where Greg sort of stood out in my mind. This is what I will rem- remember about Greg is he's they're driving to his place in New York. And he yeah, says, and by that, the way, he doesn't have to take her there. There's no rule. No. There's no rule that he had to do this. He says that he let someone stay at his place while he was gone. And the guy was really messy and he did his best to clean up. But his place is pretty. It's it's not at peak condition. And she's like, oh, OK. His place is a very tiny studio apartment. Yes. Um, and yes, you walk in, there's a couch, there's a bed, and then there's a little alcove kitchen. Um, but you can see everything. Like you walk in the door and, and everything is there. And it's not so clean. No, he stuffed everything in the kitchen. He stuffed literally everything in the kitchen, you can tell. And um, uh, I mean, a studio apartment in New York City is probably like in, in I think they're in Manhattan is probably very yeah. expensive so like this is not saying like oh you couldn't afford a nicer place in new york city it's just like i've never seen a play I've, I, 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 this is a this is a show about like establishing this fantasy and like whisking yeah, you away exactly and this was kind of a kind of a like kind of a crummy spot i and- mean the thing was is it's very like it's i'm sure it's how like 90 percent of people live in new york when they first move there um and and i didn't see anything too shocking about it i was just surprised he brought her there because you could tell she she is not familiar with new york city living and she sits on his couch while he gets her a glass of water that takes him like a long time to like to dig crawl out over of, yeah. and it just it just seems like oh you you ruined the magic greg uh and then he sits her down on the couch sits next to her pulls out the old geek box the old six string oh and he shows us his impromptu padding that he put up he put up basically what is like a foam mattress cover on his door yeah to kind of muffle the sound for his neighbors and he's like here's a song i wrote called to be with you <laughs> hold on little girl <laughs> no it's not that one he's not secretly this is not a mr big origin story um no it's just another song called to be with you um (laughs) next it's an it's a nice song but uh not a good song one would say i gotta move faster next date is russ he lives in san francisco he's written a book called 29 it's about a guy in his 29th year trying to change his life before his 30th birthday oh is that true did i totally miss that you must have babe because i heard that and i went to the moon Uh Have we Googled it? I wonder it? if it's auto... I did. I could not find oh, it, bummer. unfortunately. But I did wonder about the autobiographical nature of 29. Because <laughs> it does seem like the kind of book that, like, a 29-year-old dude would write, like... Griffin, you're a 29-year-old dude. For, like, fucking 15 more minutes, and then I'm completely irrelevant forever. Um, uh, Trista is, like, very transparent now. Like, I'm just not feeling it with Russ. There's no chemistry... Everything we're doing here is based on this one date that, like, looking back on it was suspect. Like, this is not good. But I'll give this a shot anyway with Let's Meet That Family. Uh, And so they uh, go to meet Russ's family. Russ's niece made her a bracelet that says Punka, which I guess is Russ's nickname. I don't know. Uh, mom says that she's stressed with the short amount of time that, uh, she has to get to know Trista. Like, she's very real. She's like, I feel like you're maybe somebody my son is going to propose to, and I have, like, an hour to get everything I want to know out of you. Um, and Trista's like, yep, welcome to my (laughs) world. Um, 
And somebody in her family asks if she won the lottery, what she'd do. And she says she would buy something for her mom. And Russ says that he already won the lottery with a family like you. Yeah, the family was like, hey, Russ, what do you think of that? What are you going to say to that? Would you, you know, would you do the same thing if you won the lottery? And he was like, oh, I've got a clever answer for yeah, this. Yeah, booyah. Uh, sorry I'm saying booyah so much this episode. Um, <laughs> Russ was, like, different around his family, and I think Trista took note of that yeah. and was like, okay, maybe there could be something here that, like, ha- isn't, but we just have to hang out with his family constantly, I guess. Who was the family? We didn't talk about this, but who was the family where the mom was also a a physical therapist and was kind of critical of Trista? Do you remember this? Um, it's kind of like, oh, you have your you you do this thing right now where you go out and you have that's fun. That's the very next day. Oh, okay. That's Charlie, and we're getting there right now. Okay. Charlie takes her to Flagstaff, which is in Arizona. Arizona. Griffin did not know that. Well, well, I've never been to Arizona. I'm sorry. Where where did you think it was? You thought it was like, like Midwest. Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. <laughs> um, they uh, they must have done something before this, but they go to meet the family. Charlie's mom like grills her like rachel was just saying like really goes deep and is like oh so um must be fun getting to leave working with those kids behind to go and live for yourself and have fun out in la do this show susan is her name she is going fucking hard yeah so susan is also a physical therapist and i think charlie thought this would be a big thing the two of them would have in common but instead the mom kind of turns it around and is like this isn't good enough for you my life's not good enough for you the direct quote is it's different being around babies and doing therapy than running around and having a good time wow susan that needed to be said yeah boy like this woman clearly likes your son like you think that would be enough for you to be on board um, it's not good. It's not a good, it's not a good hang sesh with this family. And I think they leave on fairly, like, av- like, uh, lukewarm terms. Yeah, I think they, like, buy into Trista at some point, but they come at her pretty hard. And after she leaves, Charlie's brother, I guess, comes after Trista in a really gross way, uh, for being a former dancer for the, for the heat. Yeah. Um, and says, there's a clear pattern of glitz, glamour, attention, focus, focal point, type A, if you will. <laughs> I don't even think you know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. Um, but like, it's knocking her for, I guess, even being on this show, which yeah. like your bro is on. So yeah, your brother signed up for this. Like, Everybody keeps calling her high maintenance. They keep calling her high maintenance over and over and over, like 15 times in this one scene. Yeah. And like, what if they had ended up together? And fucking Trista had watched this and been like, wow, your family stinks. Trista, like, at at a certain point, Charlie, later in the season, kind of says the same thing uh, that, is it Russ that said... I don't know. There are a few guys that kind of say like, "I can't, I can't figure you out. I feel like you're so mysterious. I feel like you're, you've got these walls." And Trista, you can tell, like, it's just like, you know, this is this high maintenance like wall thing is something that people tell me, and I just don't have any patience for it. Yeah, um, good for her. Moving on to the deliberation videos. Nothing really happens, but then they give them their gifts for the thirtieth birthday. Yeah, so rose ceremony time. Ryan gives her a poem. Natch. Uh, and 
a painting of a tiger. Yeah, it turns out he paints, too. Specifically uh, tigers. <laughs> he hands her this painting of a tiger, and Rachel and I, like, hold each other. We do that thing where, like, you're watching TV with somebody and something unbelievable happens, and you just reach out <laughs> your arm without looking at them and, like, just grasp their shirt, because what the... F- it's the... It was the... Of everything. I thought maybe it would just be a big framed poem. It was just a painting of a tiger he did, and apparently the white tiger's her favorite animal, yeah, which she which, said. Like, hey, Griffin. We talked about this, right? What's your favorite animal? My favorite animal is the capybara. Thank you for asking. That's so, right now. It could change, but for like a couple years now, it's been the capybara. So if I painted you a picture of a capybara. I'd love that. Are you kidding me? You would? You'd display it? Fuck yeah. Really? Capybara is the perfect animal. A lot of people are talking about dogs. Dogs are fine. Capybara looks like a big, kind of a big pig or rat. Like a guinea pig. But it's also yeah. dog-sized, and they eat watermelon in the most satisfying way possible. I guess I was just surprised that Ryan knew what her favorite animal was, that she had an answer, well, that that yeah. answer was white tiger. You feel that way because I asked you, what's your favorite animal? And you didn't, you couldn't really I shoot from the hip. I bounced really. them off. You like otters, you're a big fan of. I do like otters. Sloths, you're a big, big fan of. Yeah. It's probably sloths, right? Yeah, but sloths feel very like... Because like, Kristen Bell likes them? Well, they feel very like 2015 to me. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I guess capybaras are like pretty hip, actually. They're like... They'll peak in like 20, 20 probably. Mm. It's a hot animal. Get on board, everybody. Um, Greg, <laughs> we're going to come back to you. Russ gave her a picture of a sunset. <laughs> and uh, Charlie's gift was a little silver frog with a gold crown and some sort of bullshit about well, kissing frogs. Yeah, he was like, you have to, I hope you find your prince, but I know that you've had to kiss a lot of frogs. Oh, he, just coincidentally, open this present. <laughs> Greg did a rap on her oh we wrote it down we wrote down every don't word worry guys we have the words to the rap do you want me to do the rap or i do i'm gonna take a big drink of water because i'm i've got a bit of I the cons- i've got a bit want. of the consumption you want me to do it will you will you like really put the stink on it yeah do you want to do it or do you want me to do it i think you would do better oh. but i think it might be funnier if i do it <laughs> could we could we break it down halfway <clears throat> yes sure okay i'll do the first stanza <laughs> it started 30 years ago today <laughs> Griffin It's such a good start Because that's also I think how the Big Bang Theory theme song starts out It started 30 years ago today When baby Trista came into the world to stay <laughs> It's a first Griffin, keep going No, we have to break this down line by line You're saying it's good she hasn't died yet Cool uh, and from the very moment she could talk, she'd say, I'm going to live life the right way. He put that fucking emphasis <laughs> pause in it. It's so good. Her soul is a story you can read through her eyes. The further you get, the more you get surprised. Wise beyond her years, it appears no fear could steer her clear Ooh. from here. That's that Lin-Manuel stuff right there. <laughs> That's that biggie shit that like rhymes upon rhymes upon rhymes. Um, all right. I think that qualifies as the first stanza. Okay. Take it from she's a woman. <laughs> she's a woman who knows that a heart needs to be in a rose she can hold for eternity. Mm-mm. I mean, you did it right. I'm, I'm just saying no to that, that <laughs> okay, very thought. Her heart okay. needs to be in a rose? On a personal note, let me take time to say... <laughs> <Right down. laughs> 
that no matter what happens and come what may, it's a night to remember. So let's celebrate. May your wishes come true and happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday. And then he gives her the lyrics. Yeah, that's his gift. (laughs) It's fucking unstoppable. And also other songs that he's written for her, too. But specifically the lyrics to the rap. And when he hands it to her, she's like, oh, good. I was I was hoping you would give me these lyrics. Coincidentally, he goes home this episode. <laughs> Ryan, Charlie, and Russ get roses. He does not. Two more episodes to get through. Okay. Before we do, you know what we should do first? Oh. Yeah, I forgot we do this, huh? Hey, Griffin. Yes. Can I steal you away? Nope. There it is. It was a fucking good one. I can do a really good when I'm sick. Hey, you know who sponsored us? You know who sponsored us this time? No, I don't. It's Blue Apron. Blue Apron is a great service. What they do, Rachel and I use them, we've used them for probably about a year now, and cook some of the best meals our sweet mouths have ever digested. Can I dispel a myth? Uh Uh-huh. We were talking to our friends about Blue Apron, and they said, oh, we're thinking about it. You'll have to tell us some of your favorite meals. And we said, hold on a minute. Every meal is unique. Ooh. We have, I don't think, ever I don't think we've duped. Yeah. had the exact same meal. Yeah, you hear about this thing, and you're like, oh, so you get fucking Salisbury steak every other Thursday? Like, no. no, I don't think we've done the same meal twice, which is actually a bummer. There are some meals that I'm like, I would eat this every fucking yeah. night if I could. Um, it is affordable for less than 10 bucks per person per meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonal rep- recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients that you use to make delicious home-cooked meals. I'm talking about spinach and fresh mozzarella pizza with olives, bell peppers, and ricotta salata. That's fun to say. That is fun. Bet it's even more fun to eat. Except for the olives. Fuck that garbage. 30 years ago today, ricotta salata came to say... Right? I'm still, I'm still riding that groove. <laughs> Uh, sweet and sour salmon with bok choy, carrot, and ginger fried rice. Parmesan crusted chicken with creamy fettuccine and roasted broccoli, baby broccoli, and fontina paninis. <laughs> and fontina paninis. It's, there's a lot of fun stuff in this. I, this, I didn't write these. Uh, and a hard-boiled egg with arugula salad. Uh, it's all fucking great, and we are in love with Blue Apron. And you can check out this week's menu and your first three meals. Get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash rose. That's blueapron.com slash rose. Go check it the heck out. You want to do this other one? Yeah. Oh, stamps.com. Yeah, we got them. We hooked the big one. We got them. So I thought this would be a great sponsor for a lot of our listeners because Griffin and I get a lot of super sweet save the dates and wedding invitations. That is true. And I thought you folks could benefit from stamps.com. We appreciate all of those, by the way, but... Uh, we unfortunately are terrified of travel these days, and so we appreciate the offer, but um, we we have to decline. Speaking of being terrified of travel, oh, with stamps.com, you don't even have to leave your desk. That's good. That's that's I thank you, stamps.com. Uh, anything you can do at the post office, you can do right from your desk with stamps.com. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package using your own computer and printer. Uh, so you can get postage whenever you need it, 24-7. Right now, use our code ROSE to get a four-week trial, which includes postage and a digital scale. 
A digital scale. A digital scale? A digital scale. That was my question. So how do you know how much postage you need? Well, you use the digital scale. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you're going to say didgeridoo, but then you like bail on it at the end. Uh, so don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in rose. Stamps.com, enter rose. Never go to the post office again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could use that digital scale for a lot of other things, too. Griffin. What? <laughs> what, was, what could even possibly be suggestive about that? What did you think I was saying? You said Griffin like I was saying something suggestive, like I was saying you could weigh your balls with your digital scale. What do you think I meant? I don't want to say. What did you think I meant? I gotta know now. Drugs. Oh, no. No, I wasn't talking about drugs. Okay, good. I was thinking about weighing your own balls. <laughs> I'm curious. I have no clue, dude. No clue. How I much guess, they weigh? Yeah, I guess we have the we have the one that I bought for baking, but that doesn't seem... Oh, healthy. I really don't want to walk in on that. <laughs> no, nobody does. Hey, I got a Jumbotron message, and this one is for Kyle, and it's from Kat. Kat says to Kyle, Kyle. Happy birthday, my incredible husband. I don't know why I'm doing such an intense voice. I don't either. Happy birthday, my incredible husband. Save your throat, Griffin. Whether we're going on fancy trips abroad or just sitting on the couch watching Terrace House, that's like going on a fancy trip abroad. It is. It's as close as we'll ever get. (laughs) I always have the most fun with you by my side. I treasure the goofs we've had, and I am so excited for the goofs to come. You are my best friend, and being married to you is the best. Love, baby treetops. I like that message a lot. I like that nickname a lot. Do you think it's a broccoli thing? Oh, maybe. I'm going to read the other Jumbotron because I am so tired of handing you my MacBook. Okay. My sick, frail body can't possibly lift the... It's a MacBook Pro and it's like 15 pounds. Okay. (laughs) Got a message here for Catherine and it's from Jenna. Says, hi, Kat. I don't know how close to your birthday you'll get this, but happy birthday anyway. Keep being the stereotypically polite Canadian you are. Tell Alex and the rest of the crew I say hi and enjoy the fact that you will now have an audio clip of Griffin and or Rachel saying the Grim Reaper's private jet. Can't wait to see you again soon. And that's you want that. um, Sorry, babe. They wanted that close to April 4th. Boom. Not sure what the Grim Reaper's private jet thing is. But I'm glad to scratch that very specific itch for you. What's the deal with Brexit? Have you seen Happy Valley yet? How do British people pronounce Edinburgh, Leicester, or Norwich? Not like that. Are you tired of getting your world news from reliable sources, often with no puns or sexual innuendo? Why was there a butcher's hat haunting Coronation Street? What's Coronation Street, and why is Dave Holmes obsessed with it? International Waters pairs a team of comedians in L.A. against a team of comedians in London in a pop culture battle royale. Join us once a fortnight to hear the best comedians in the world trade jokes and stories and maybe even learn something at the same time. International Waters with me, Dave Holmes. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. You want to talk about the rest of the episodes? Yes, please. Because we're on episode five and we're going on a houseboat date with Ryan and Trista. What's with these unique dates? On a houseboat, like they're in Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, I was excited about the houseboat. Um, Trista has started to do this, like, very loud sigh whenever her and Ryan kiss. Like, it's all she can do to <laughs> keep from, like... That. Oh, dude, like, really? Because it's, like, 
really every time they've kissed, she like kisses and then like she sighs like if I don't like stop kissing you right now, like it's about to get it's about to get wild in mm-hmm. this houseboat. Never noticed. Like that ah, you know, no. like that pained, anguished, sensual you know no? Ryan does it too. Ryan's like, oh, right? <laughs> Uh, no, you know actually, I, mean? I know I can tell you a story if you want to hear one. And do I want to hear it? I think you'll think it's funny. Okay. I've, I've probably told you this story before. There, there was a guy that I dated in high school, and we had not kissed yet. Uh, and we were out with some friends, and he leaned over to me and he said, "I really want to kiss you right now." And I didn't say anything because I'm, you know, I'm demure. And then he thought I didn't hear him, so he said it again louder. <laughs> He said, I really want to kiss you right now. And I said, okay. And then he kissed me and he sighed very loudly after that kiss. It's very much... It was awful. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> this was this was like that, but it seemed like both parties really enjoyed it. There's a lot of sexual heat between these two and like nobody's talking about it because everybody's all about Charlie. It's true. Um uh, she pulls out the fantasy suite card, and he's like so coy, like, "Oh, what's that? What's a card? What even is a card?" Um, and she always asks the guys, like, "Hey, do you know what this is?" And the guys are always like, "I have no idea." And she's like, "Do you have a guess?" No, I could not even guess. It's a, it's a, it's a ticket to Sex Town. Um, uh, he is like, "Yes, let's use that." Uh, and then they do a very playful, like, they run to the limo, and Ryan asks the driver to drive a little faster than normal, and they are, like, all over each other in the back, like, driver, roll up the partition, please. Uh, and he says, we're gonna take the phone off the hook. It's like, well, don't do that. That's it's unsafe. There could be an emergency, and somebody would need to get in touch with you. Uh, Russ and Trista are next. They go on a helicopter, which I don't think there have been that many. Of I will say the season. fantasy suites this season are not particularly no, there's deluxe. No, like, yeah, um, they're just like hotel rooms. Yeah, uh, and there's no, there's very little like captions saying like sloppy noises. Oh, and they all go to different cities too. Yes, um, they go to Sedona. Russ and Trista do. I don't know where this houseboat date is. Uh, I think it's Seattle. Maybe yes. Uh, they get on a helicopter, which I didn't think there had been a lot of this season. Can you think of many helicopter times? I don't think so. No. They take a tour of Sedona, and then they do some aura photography using biofeedback cameras. Yeah, this woman is there in the rocks, and she takes pictures of them and tells them about their auras and how. Which was, like, very, like, they go on this helicopter tour, and then they land on top of this beautiful rock spire, and are just appreciating the the vistas. And then they look to the left, and there's a woman with her biofeedback camera here to take a picture of their auras. And it's like, I wasn't expecting you You know what? It's kind of like the fortune teller that becomes very popular in the later seasons. Sure. Where it's like, I'm going to tell you about you, and then it's going to be very revealing. Uh, she tells them that they have some similar energy, which means good long-term, but friction here in the beginning. And boy, howdy, don't they. Um, and v- sure enough, the very next thing, Russ talks about how, uh, to her, says that she has walls up, yeah. uh, which leads to this confrontation Rachel talked about earlier. Um, like She's like, you're being really aggressive, and I don't like that. I don't like people telling me I have walls up. Like I'm, I do things the way I do them. Russ says, you haven't touched me today, which is like, oh, boy, you said <laughs> that. That. Is, um, that is pretty rough. And they're just like pissed at each other. Um, and, and for some reason, they still 
like they get that card, get the card, and, and they decide to go. They don't jump at it, but they kind of wait to see what the other one says. Like, oh, I was hoping to see that you would go first, and they go, but he does not spend the night. No, she, he asks basically, like, should I, should I stay, should I go? And she's like, you, you should probably go. Ross is not going to win. No. Charlie's up next. They go to Cabo, go to a nice beach. Um, Charlie does some shit talking of Russ. Saying that he doesn't trust his intentions. That one's a sound complaint. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and he also comes at Trista with this, like, you're pulling away. You're putting up walls. That's uh, what I'm, I'm comfortable. Saying. I'm comfortable around you, and I feel like you're not comfortable around me. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think she must have, after the season before, on Alex Michelle's season, she must have gotten that criticism from a lot of viewers. Because as soon as a guy says She's, that to her... She, like... She's, She's like, just like that. Yeah. yeah, great, great. Thank you. Um, it's great to hear. They get the fantasy suite card and go for it. They go hot tubbing in the night times. Uh, and then we go back to the house. She's talking to Chris Harrison, says she's on her way to love with, quote, probably more than one person. Hello. Two people, not three. Definitely not three. <laughs> uh, and in the video messages... Ryan has written some poetry about whales. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> a lot of SeaWorld-based humor. Like, he actually has a line, and I took note of it, about how Shamu is, quote, doing all right. Which is like, bud, if only you knew. Uh, Russ uh, says, we got off to a fast start, maybe too fast. And I just wrote here, Russ is going to go the fuck home. Because, like, even his message was sort of half-hearted. Uh, and then Charlie, I don't know, but Ryan and Charlie get roses, of course. Uh, he gets sent home and he talks about, he's like really pissy. He talks about how he knew this was going to happen and accuses her of putting up walls one one more time and gets just like a really chilly send off for third place. Very reminiscent of um, uh, the woman who we were just talking about earlier Shannon. in the season, Shannon. Just like the third place finish is usually like the next Bachelor or Bachelorette because they are so devastated that like America falls in love with their plight and is like, I want to see them happy. But both, both of these first third placers are just like, fuck this show. I'm out of here. Uh, episode six finale. Here we go. We ate a really great meatball dinner. Rachel made. So I didn't take notes for the first 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a blue apron. It was a Blue Apron. <laughs> it was a Blue Apron meatball meal, so don't fucking come at me with complaints. Remember when we used to eat dinner together instead of by ourselves while the other one held our crying baby? Jesus, God. <laughs> anyway, they're in St. Louis, and her and Charlie go to the Botanical Gardens, which I've been to before, yeah. and you've probably been to many times. Um, Charlie tells Trista's family that um, his first love was the stock market, and... Despite this rocky start to the evening, uh, like the whole family is so pro Charlie because he's a very gregarious dude and the family is just eating it all. Yeah, he's very outgoing and talkative and like kind of gets the vibe of the family and like slides right in. Uh, Trista's dad busts out a big old bowl full of scraps of paper with questions on him. I did too. Ryan did not get this treatment. And maybe it's just because they could tell like this is a very soft boy who would not. He would not thrive with the bowl. People would go around and and pull questions out and ask them. And I thought that was a neat way to do it. Uh, Like, besides your face, what other body parts do you shave? He says, I use clippers on my chest. Dog, you don't maintain your bush? All right. Like, listen, I know you can't, like, say that in front of your family. But, like, hey, it's me, Griffin. 
you're working the bush like a little bit, probably Charlie. I bet. Um, <laughs> he's kind of a hairy boy. Like he's got. He talks he about. Is. Got, I like, didn't notice it until he mentioned it in that scene, and then yes, that is true. I'm just saying the bush. He's probably does a little work on. I'm not saying like he shaves it or whatever, but if you mention the chest maintenance, like be thorough. Um, the parents are all about Charlie. Mom says she'd be happy if Charlie proposes. Uh, Trista circles back on the whole conversation from the last step about being intimate with Ryan and says, uh, the reality is there's someone still in the picture. You have my whole heart, but I'm having feelings for Ryan too. Then she says, I've had sex before. I've made love before. It's a beautiful thing. I think it's an intimate thing. Uh, but she says that she doesn't want to hold back with either of them. Um, she's, it's a very like mature, uh, what happened between this and like, um, Caitlin's season that this show all of a sudden like was like, no, sex is a beautiful thing. Sure. That happens between one bachelor winner and <laughs> one bachelor. I don't know. I don't know, but hopefully they're starting to turn it around. Maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, she invites him back to her room to be alone, and that's the end of their date. Um, Ryan is also in St. Louis. He is also, like, starting to get on this tip of, like, tell me how you feel. Like, I feel like I tell you how I feel, and you don't tell me how yeah, you feel. Yeah, Ryan's starting to get a little insecure. Um, Trista recognizes that he's been more open than she has, and, um... their dynamic is so different from hers and Charlie's dynamic. It's weird. Like this really is the most, I think divergent two finalists to have been, uh, both in like the dudes that they are and the relationships that they have with the bachelorette. Um, Ryan says in the behind the scenes, he's gone from being head over heels in love with her to thinking about her with the other guys. And he's not sure where he stands. Uh, Trista says, and in the most like, lukewarm sort of endorsement imaginable, I will admit you've been on my mind a lot. And it's like, um, I remember thinking like, we know he wins, but for some reason she's being very careful with what she says to him. I saw a tasty video on Facebook that was like these Buffalo chicken mozzarella sticks. And I saw that a couple days ago and those have been on my mind a lot. (laughs) That is literally the same endorsement. She has just given uh, her future fiance and husband, um, Ryan meets the parents, but again, like, I mentioned this earlier, he is so gentle yeah. <laughs> compared to Charlie, like, not gregarious, like, very quiet, like, very he's much very, waiting um, for the family to talk and him respond. He's very taciturn. That's a good way of putting it. Um, and the whole family's different, too. Uh, the dad points out that maybe we kind of toned it down because that's just who Ryan was. Um, and... Ryan Ryan says some very sweet things. Like, eventually he wins them over. I think at first they're kind of uncomfortable because he's so quiet. But then he, like, says some very thoughtful things about Trista. Um, Mom asks Ryan for three little-known facts about Trista. And he cannot conjure up any. Uh, He brought them some sort of big present. I said a painting, maybe? Yeah, we never got to see what it was, I don't think we ever got to see what it was. Uh, He talks about the moment he knew it was real between them was she fell asleep on his shoulder while watching TV in Vail, and that was the turning point for him. And here I've written that Ryan is literally the SNL sketch of the Fisher-Price Wells for sensitive boys. Um, (laughs) uh, Ryan... If you haven't seen that sketch, you should check it out. It's pretty good. Ryan asks her father for permission to marry Trista, which Charlie did not do. 
Um, and he has no idea what to do with his hands during this conversation. And he kind of goes on and on and on. And the dad is like pretty cool about I, it. I really liked the way the dad was about it. Cause the dad basically gives the answer that a lot of dads now give, which is just kind of like, you know, I met you and, you know, and I trust Trista and if she likes you, then we'll support her, um, uh, no matter what. Um, which I thought was like, yeah, that seems like a realistic answer. Not like a, you know, well, my little girl, yeah. you know, holds my heart in her hand. <clears throat> then uh, she makes Ryan go wait in the car while she, like, debriefs with her family, which was <laughs> poor, weird. Poor Ryan has to Like, you can't and... send him ahead and you go meet up yeah. later. Like, you have to have the same... Okay. Yeah. Um, Trista talks about how he was so into Charlie that it took him more time to get into Ryan, but that he really likes both of them. Trista says, the biggest negative right now is the thought that I won't get to be with both Ryan and Charlie. Uh, and dad outs that Ryan asked for permission. And um, and then, like, all the women cry in yeah. the room. Uh, then we're going to Harry Winston to go ring shopping with Trista. Yeah. Trista goes to Harry Winston, and she is looking at rings. And they are, in, they are like, jeweled engagement rings. Yeah, they get um, her ring size, which seems like a very practical thing that they probably do with all the bachelorettes. And so we thought, like, she's picking out her own ring that, I guess, the 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 winner will, like, give to her when they propose. I think, yeah, I don't know. I think they filmed that on the chance that she does the proposing. I don't really know. It was a weird thing. I have a note here that says these bands are plain, beautiful, precious metal bands, not encrusted, not embarrassed with a smattering of diamonds all across the band that has to be uncomfortable to wear. I'm talking about beautiful, <laughs> precious, tasteful. It's almost like diamonds did something to you, Griffin. Did diamonds hurt you in some way? I mean, I get caught on your diamond ring because it's so big and beautiful all the time and just so jagged. <laughs> it's a rough diamond um charlie comes over for they have one last sort of dinner date for each of them charlie comes over for dinner and hang time um she's wearing she's super cash she's wearing her glasses which i don't know we've seen um and charlie is back and talking about how he doesn't know what she's feeling and it's all fun and there's a whole thing about watches like a lot with charlie's watch that's all i wrote that's not very descriptive <laughs> past griffin and then they smooch a lot by a fire move over to ryan's date she he comes over to eat and they're eating, like, a lot of of uh, Tex-Mex food and drinking these huge margaritas that looked so good in the moment. I would fucking kill for a fucking margarita right now. Yeah, me too. It's been ages. Yeah. Uh, Ryan talks about being intimidated by her dad and then jokes about beating up her dad. Like, Trish is <laughs> like, I don't know why you're intimidated. I think you could take him. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to kick your dad's ass. <laughs> yeah, this is the moment where Griffin and I are like, oh. Okay. It's really cute. It's really Ryan's nice. Good. Yeah. Ryan's good. He's not. I just... thought Ryan was good the whole season, right? Yeah. Like they, they maybe it took a little while to like get things going, but like this is fucking. This is cute shit. This is all time like really cute, good, earnest bachelor couple. Um, and yeah, she says absence makes the heart grow fonder, and he, without missing a beat, says rumor never been proven. No scientific data to back that up. I know, right? It's, like, it's very, funny. It's really funny and cute. Um, and then I, and then the dudes go ring shopping. Yeah. So they, I guess maybe she narrowed it down to like a field of rings. Yeah, they give the guys a tray of like six rings and say like, which one of these? Uh, and each of them pick out a ring. Ryan gets emotional, at which my my, my wonderful and um, uh, my 
Uh, my loving co-host said, do you think he cries every time he puts out a fire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he just seems like somebody who really appreciates the significance of every moment. And so I'm just picturing him like at, you know, like a campsite, just really just putting out, putting out a barbecue pit, thinking like, this is beautiful. Thank you, fire. Thank you for making my meat hot. <laughs> Uh, final video messages. Charlie says, it's not a rose I want. That's merely a symbol. It's your heart that I desire. <laughs> All right. Ryan delivers this really heartfelt speech about how she will complete his life while standing in front of the gateway arch. Um, and we are on to proposal time. And who's first out the limo? It's Ryan. Prestige. We fucked with you this whole time. Charlie's no. actually going. No, Charlie's out first because he lost. Yeah. Um, Charlie lost. And he like he still gives his speech, right? And then she yes, tells him. And she says, "There's a little voice when you first stepped out of the limo, and I've been following that little voice." Unfortunately, and he's immediately like, <laughs> "Oh, uh, my heart has led me another way." Trista gets emotional. Charlie's like very cool about it, though. Yeah. Um, by which I I don't mean like really cool. I mean like oh whatever. <laughs> Yeah, um, he doesn't seem, like, angry or sad. Until he gets in the limo, but in the moment, he's just like, oh, okay. Um, Trista says Charlie was into her, but not in love with her. And, like, she could tell, like, he, she kind of puts it on him. Like, I could tell that he wasn't, like, really, really serious about it. Um, and in the car, Charlie does have a bit of a a bit of a, a hissy fit. Talks about how no one would have been able to guess this. <laughs> except for yeah. us except for us pal like 14 years in the future yeah that's charlie's kind of true colors coming out like he we saw some like kind of charlie wasn't a bad dude yeah but, like, he seemed he, like a decent he guy. seemed like a decent dude but there was some stuff throughout the season that like you could kind of string I think together he into was a... used to being kind of a hot commodity yeah uh trista gets ryan up there and says today's the day i've been dreaming up dreaming of my entire life which like is the fastest, like, you won (laughs) we've ever gotten to. Um, Says that uh, she's wanted this day her entire life, but while she's dreaming about this day, his face has been blurred until now. Uh, And she sees, she says, I see marriage and babies and grandbabies. And Ryan interrupts her and says, you do? And she says, let me finish. Um, And gives the rest of her speech. And he says, is that the end? Kiss first. And then they kiss. And then he gives his speech. And uh, it's a very sweet, very tearful speech. And then he proposes and she says yes. You didn't write anything about his speech, did you? It's a sweet, (laughs) heartfelt. (laughs) It's okay, I don't remember it. (laughs) Heartfelt, sweet, emotive. No, it was really sweet. And then they kiss and they get married and then they stay married. They have a TV wedding and... Yeah, we didn't watch the wedding. I heard the wedding is is very entertaining, though. Did you see somebody posted about it in the group? No, no. You're like, get a look into the bachelor and bachelorette parties. Oh, that's fun. And all the planning and stuff. It's a much more comprehensive special. I'm really glad we watched this season. It was fucking super fun. We really like Trista. We really like Trista. I really like Ryan. And like, just a fun season with like a lot of sort of unique elements to it that I really enjoyed watching. And also you get that like learning about like where the core DNA of this show like comes from. It comes from this season. It comes from Alex's season. It comes from like, comes from those first few seasons. There's a lot of stuff they figured out really fucking quick and then just stuck to this whole time for better and worse. Um, yeah. 
What are we going to do next, though, is the problem. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Didn't think. We, we Terrace, should... well, Terrace House is coming back, although we will We can't a, do it. I don't want to do another no, Laura Day. Um, that Ellen DeGeneres show is starting soon. Ooh. Um, we'll definitely do that one. I don't know when. Somebody suggested Coupled and said that was a hot thing that we should check out. It's like a, a dating show with game mechanics to it. Uh, somebody also put, I think, The Bachelor New Zealand. Ooh, okay. Up. That maybe we could look at. I don't at. know if my heart's ready. I think I want to take a bit of a bachelor break. Yeah, I think we should. I mean, this is Rose Buddies. We'll we're let you know. In, to, yeah. We're we'll, supposed to diverge a we'll little. We'll let you know in the Facebook group um, pretty soon so you'll have time to dip into it. And um, yeah, we'll let you know what to study up on. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody who donated in the Max Fun Drive. Yeah, um, thank you so much. It, it was, was it was an it, incredible yeah, response. I was really excited to see just kind of the outpouring we got. Um, we and nearly it, tripled how how many donors we brought in last year, which is like the Max Fun Network. Did. The Max Fun Network. Yes, we weren't on the network last year, obviously, um, which is just mind boggling. It's it's astonishing, and we are humbled. And thank you all so 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 much. Thank you to the Max Fun Network for having us. You can go to maximumfun.org and check out all the great shows there. Um, they're all free and you're going to love, uh, all of them. I guarantee it. Um, and thank you. Does that anybody else do we think? <laughs> we never thank, um, Soldier Boy and Soldier Boy and Dez and Dez for the use of the use of our theme song. <laughs> right. Reasons. Somebody, it I, I brings me so much joy to see like, cause every like two weeks a thread posts up, shows up in the Facebook group with somebody like, I found the video and holy shit, you guys. Yeah. It's from Dez's season and they did a really, 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 really bad challenge. Have you seen some people think that instead of right reasons, they're saying white Jesus? <laughs> like i listened to this five times before i realized it's right reasons you thought that we had a theme song that was just like <laughs> like 40 times just a big gaggle of people saying white jesus over and over again uh, i've seen like multiple great people. podcast weird message i guess in the some of the musical elements <laughs> Um, that's gonna do it thank you all very much for listening we'll let you know pay attention to the Facebook group we'll tell you what to watch next and or don't watch it whatever the fuck we'll tell you about some trash anyways Um, until next time I'm Griffin McElroy I'm Rachel McElroy when you're ready stay with us on this journey of joy spoiler alert she ends up with soldier boy MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. The Dead Pilot Society podcast brings you hilarious comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Aubrey Plaza, Andy Richter, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman, Adam Scott, Molly Shannon, Busy Phillips, Tom Lennon, Anna Camp, Lori Metcalf, Felicia Day, Michael Ian Black, Adam Savage, Paul Shear, Ben Schwartz, Skylar Aston, Mae Whitman, Josh Molina, Ben Feldman, Nicole Byer, Jason Ritter, Sarah Chalk, Steve Agee, Jane Levy, Allison Tolman, Danielle Nicolette, Casey Wilson, Anna Ortiz, Lorraine Newman, June Diane Raphael, Kieran Chipka, Ed Weeks, Zach Knight, and Carrie Kenny Silver, John Ross Bowie, Jamie Denbo, Janet Varney, Alexander Torsani, Ross, Matt Gordy, Matt Gordy, Matt Gordy, and many more. Listen at MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts.